Nearly everything that is created, that, rather that we create in this world can be viewed as, can be construed as a product. And in thinking about the design process, the architectural, the landscape design process, that's often something of, of a source of tension, um, especially coming from, from our university training, that the, the iterative design process that we all go through, that we all chose to take on as our profession, it's something that is completely custom, completely unique to the sites and the, the client that we are designing for. Well, today I wanna to challenge that. I want to revisit the notion of productization, taking our design processes and, and turning that into a product as a more palatable way to sell that to design clients. Stay tuned. giving architects and landscape architects the tools and strategies to be seen, heard, and valued in the marketplace, and telling the stories of leaders building thriving design firms and attracting their ideal clients. This is From Architecture to Profitecture. I'm your host, Jake Krakowski. Let's get started. Fellow and future Profitex, hello. How are you? Welcome to this week's show. We are talking about our design process as a product. And I know that may ruffle some feathers for a lot of folks. Uh, this is coming on the heels of a series of, of lively discussions on, on Facebook um, and over on the Clubhouse app. If you haven't jumped on the Clubhouse app and you're, you're on an iOS device, uh, head over there and, and follow me and, and a number of other architects and designers that are having great conversations. Um, but the, the idea today, just today, came up again of uh, productization in a, in, in a conversation about uh, pricing and value, quote-unquote value, such a subjective term, right? Well, what's the opposite of being subjective? That's coming up with a defined uh, process and product that we can present to our design clients and, and sell them on that so that they can enter into a, a working relationship with us, and I, I think the the hardest thing to, um, to maybe wrap our our brains around and and, and come up with in, in terms of running our businesses is the idea of defining that relationship as a product and selling that as a as a package deal, so to speak. Because uh, because that's that's really what that's really the, what I'm trying to get at here is that yes, a design product in our industry could be a a set of stock plans. For, for a house. I'm in the residential design field. Uh, it could be a materials palette that we sell, say as on the interior design side. It could be a set of uh, planting species, a planting palette, so to speak, if, uh, on the landscape design side. Yes, those are all viable business structures. Those are all viable ways to, to add income, certainly to our business. They're, they're all revenue streams that we could and honestly should be looking at, I'm looking into to those myself, something more, more packaged and impersonal, right? Something that doesn't respond directly to a, a specific site necessarily, although that opportunity is there through customization. Uh, I've had folks on the podcast um, from Perch Plans, Tim Brown, um, and I've been following and talking to a number of other folks that are packaging uh, their design products that way, but, but rather I, I want to challenge you to look at your process, that that could be a, a product as well. And we're going to get into some examples of that 
as, as this podcast uh, unfolds here. Take a look at your design process and take a look at those industry standards, AIA, ASLA, ASID, what have you. Take a look at those phases, concept, schematic, design development, construction documentation, and throw those out the window. Our clients don't care about them. At the end of the day, they don't care about that design process. And it's not to say they don't care about our process. They don't care about the way that we um, engage them in, in, the, in design and how we achieve uh, results and solutions for their particular problems, but rather the, the names of them, uh, the names of those, of those stages, of those phases, they, they don't matter. So coming up with a, again, I'll say it again, a more palatable way to, to, to sell our design services. And I could probably, there's probably a whole other uh, podcast episode about the notion of selling, that selling might feel you know, icky, sleazy, slimy to, to many folks in the, in the design fields when rather I approach it as, as a level of serving, selling is serving. Again, I'll save that for a whole other, a whole other episode, perhaps next week. Um, but in, in being able to, to look at our design process from either from a, a third perspective, an outside perspective, or stepping into the client's shoes and understanding that, that, that they don't care about the design phases. They don't care how we do what we do. Rather, they, they care about the, the end product, the end goal. To say it again, the, that end product, yes, it can be packaged as a set of stock plans, but rather our design process can, can be packaged just the same way, can be sold just the same way, can be uh, displayed on our, our websites, can be talked about in our social media channels just the same way. Um, as you start to, to you know, tell client stories, uh, you can say, well, because of this part of the ABC process. In my case, it's the renovation review process. It's the new build blueprint process. I have a package that I sell my clients and again, I'm in the residential space, um, so that's that's going to look different depending on the scale and the scope of, of work that that you choose to take on. But it's it's something it's something that, that I can anchor the discussion around, and the the notion of describing the differences between schematic design and design development is for someone who's who's not in the industry, it's painful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best way to describe it. It's painful to, to the layman. Like, what is the difference? Why am I paying for both? What's in it for me is kind of the big the big overall question that most clients are asking us, right? Why are you charging thousands upon thousands of dollars for ABC XYZ? I just want to get to um, the the end result. So, coming up with with a process and. and coming up with a two or three word product for that process to define the entire working relationship is the challenge. That's something I want to challenge you with. And that, that is a huge marketing challenge, not to, not to <laughs> reuse the word here. Um, but that's, that's one thing that I, I would love you to, to take a, a hard look at. That's one thing that I had to take a hard look at um, after just uh, a year or so of being in business is that I can't just can't just rely on my network of past clients. I need to go in and market myself to a completely quote unquote cold audience to, to, to cold clients. No, not cold calling. Um, not a fan of that. Defining this in, in, in a, a packaged product is it's easy for them to understand and digest. And one kind of overarching theme that, that I want to stress to you is, um, and that I have 
started to learn, only started, I'm not, not perfect at it by any means, is that structure actually creates freedom. And when I first went out on my own, uh, almost six years ago now, I jumped out on my own because I wanted to have that freedom that I could uh, schedule my weeks and my days the way that I saw fit. Well, if you don't have any kind of structure to, to your days and certainly how you approach your design process, you are in for a world of hurt and a world of uh, unprofitability, if, if that's a word. You're, you're approaching it as a hobby, not as a business. And, and at the end of the day, while we all love to design, while we all jumped into architecture, landscape architecture, and then interior design, graphic design as related professions, we are, we are here to, to make a living. We're here to provide for our, our families and, and to secure our uh, retirement in, in old age and investments and, and all that good stuff. So at the end of the day, if we're not, if we're not making this a profitable business, um, what's, what's the point? It's just a, a, a design exercise, just, just a hobby as we were taking on in, in school perhaps. So while structure creates freedom, kind of looking internally as a business owner, from the client perspective, providing that structure to them creates a level of certainty. That is huge. Um, while it may provide you know, some sort of level of freedom that we can operate within uh, th that design process internally, when the client comes to you and you're able to say, hey, this is my ABC process. In my case, it's the renovation review process for my whole home uh, renovation design clients. And they say, okay, I have a I have a process that I'm jump that I'm entering into. It makes the sale that much easier. It makes uh, the understanding that that you are the you are the person to help guide them through this often uh, complex and confusing design and construction process. You know, most of perhaps most of your clients, if certainly most of mine, have never never engaged with a a designer, interior designer, architect, landscape architect, general contractor before. And this is all new to them. They, they're only getting what they hear from their friends and family and what they see on HGTV, which is completely misleading, probably in both cases, right? Um, so to, to come to them with, with a framework and a structure that's not as cryptic as concept SDDDCDCA, it's, it, it makes, it makes the, the working relationship so much easier. So that's one thing I wanna challenge you to, to take a step back in the coming week, weeks, and, and, and take a look at. And uh, I wanna get into to a couple of examples of, of how we might, we might approach that. Um, first, at a, at a high level, you know, a more existential, emotional level, are the, the ideas that, that the companies Red Bull and Apple have put forth where they're not actually talking about their product or their process at all. And they're hugely successful, obviously, hugely powerful brands in the world. Red Bull doesn't, if you look at their Instagram especially, they don't even show a picture of the darn little can of uh, sugar and food coloring and who knows what else is in there. <laughs> they, don't, they don't talk about that. They talk about the identity and the lifestyle of the end consumer. And Apple doesn't talk about the M1 chip and the aluminum that's used to make the, the, the backings of their, of their iMacs or their, their Mac minis, the little, little cans that, that sit on, on or below your desk. Rather, they're talking about the identity of, of the designer, of the person that wants everything integrated and simple to use. And we can take lessons from those directly 
directly to to inform uh, how we market our our design services. And that's one thing that I I continue to to try to impart to to my design clients through my website, through my social media, is uh, rather are the stories of 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 clients that that I have worked with and successes that I have brought to them in looking at at these two companies that that produce products, sugary drink and computers, but but their marketing doesn't talk about that at all. Well, as as architects, as landscape architects and designers, how can we speak to the emotions that they are feeling before they get into the design process, whether that's they have a, a house that doesn't work for them, they have a a commercial space that doesn't suit their business. They have a vacant, uh, derelict uh, open space that, that needs a, a beautiful landscape design to serve the public. And yes, this can be translated to, to even civic works. It doesn't have to be the private residential field or the private commercial field. Um, how, can we, how can we tell those stories of clients that, that evoke emotion and, and and then we tie that to to a a process with three, five, seven steps, what have you. I would suggest that going to three or five is a heck of a lot easier to, to sell. Heck of a lot easier for folks to swallow if you have a 12-step design process, a 17-step design process uh, that can easily get overwhelming. That said, I, my third example of, of a process, a sellable process, is from the Toyota Motor Corporation, the Toyota Way they have a 14-step process can seem overwhelming of course they're in the business of producing cars right but at the core of the toyota way are the notions of respect for people and continuous improvement and those are values those, are, those have nothing to do with putting rubber tires on on wheels those have nothing to do with welding metal together or painting metal or glass or electrical uh, electronic systems, anything like that, it's they are they're deeper values than that, and that's that's kind of at the core of what I want to get to with this with this episode is that explaining our design processes should should focus rather on the emotion and the values that we that we want to put forth into the world and that we want to see back from our clients, that the clients that we want to bring into our our ecosystems into our design firms would exude those values as well. That's what makes makes for the best working relationships. Um, I mean, think back to clients that you have worked with, either as an employee or as now a design firm owner, and where everything just clicked. Everything felt easy. If if you have even one of those stories, in fact, especially if you have just one of those stories, especially as a design firm owner, whether you're a startup or not. Dial down on those. Focus on those. When the relation, when the working relationship felt easy, and everything was in flow, so to speak. I don't want to get too woo-woo here, but um, that 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 could be the basis of your entire marketing campaign, of your website, of your social media, of paid ads, whatever the heck it is. Focus on that. You could just tell one story over and over and over because that working relationship was easy, and then think about how you led them through your design process. And again, leave the industry standard terms to, to the side. Uh, make that an internal process for you. That's great. If you need to bill against um, SDDDCD, fantastic. Go ahead and do that. But your, your external, your outward facing 
marketing, that process, give that a, a funny name. It could be, and, and I'll quote my, <laughs> what am I, my mentors, Brandon Lucero, have been quoting the last few weeks, uh, Oogly Boogly. He said this on a live stream, the Oogly Boogly method. It doesn't matter what it is, but if you can build the ideas of the identity of the client that you're trying to attract and how your design process, you know, works with them, integrates their values into arriving at a final design solution, you know, more power to you. And you can build a whole story around that as ridiculous as it sounds. Now, it, it's probably not going to be as, as crazy as that. Um, but, but if you're focusing on emotion and on values, then whatever story you create, whatever process you, you decide to come up with, and however many phases it has, again, simpler is better. Three is awesome if you can do that. I have two, but um, then that, that becomes so, so much of an easier sell. And we're not having to justify each and every hour spent or phase delivered or what have you. Um, start to come at it from from standing in their shoes, from from seeing it as as the as a layman someone who has not gone through design school and perhaps multiple degrees as we have, <laughs> that it, it can make, make things so much, so much easier. So um, in, the, in the vein of understanding values and messaging, uh, I do want to invite you to visit um, profitlecturebydesign.com slash content where my online mentor, Brandon Lucero, is currently running a video series talking all about messaging. Is he talking about packaging a design process as a product? No, but th there's a relationship there and it's, it's open for a few days, which is why I mentioned it on, on this uh, podcast, where the strength of your messaging and how it focuses on values and identity is so much more powerful than talking about the features or the benefits or the design phases that you learned from from continuing ed units, <laughs> it, it makes so, so much more of, of a difference when you can you can get to kind of the root of who your potential clients are. So um, I hope this episode has been helpful for you and hopefully you can take a step back in the coming week or weeks to, to look at the emotions that your uh, past successful clients have had and how your design process kind of met those or achieved those and then start to think of your design process in, in ways that aren't the industry standards, but rather are something more akin to, um, you know, marketing a, a car or, or cereal or clothing. <laughs> think about how these bigger brands out in the world are, are marketing uh, their products. It's not, they're not talking about thread count of genes or in the case of Apple, the M1 processor in their computer or the sugar level of Red Bull, right? <laughs> They're talking about lifestyle and, and the identity and um, in, in tying that to a design process, it's uh, an interesting kind of ever evolving exercise that I think that the AC fields desperately need because there's, there's such a disconnect between the general public, the layman, so to speak, and, and what we do as design professionals and how we can start to bring that, bring that closer together. How we can make that more palatable so that our business becomes easier. How those sales become easier because we can, um, we can start to market in the way that 
that more of the general public understands. Uh, I want to leave you with, with a quote of the week from uh, Victor Papanek. The only important thing about design is how it relates to people. Materials and line work and, and penmanship aside, we are designing spaces for people at the, at the end of the day. And if we, if we aren't tailoring our, certainly tailoring our work, which we all, I think we all do, but then tailoring our design process and the marketing of the design process into how people think and how people understand that, well, um, we are, we're doing our profession a disservice. And we need to, like, we need to start to to change our mindset and uh, on how we market our, our design processes. And I hope that that what I've talked about this week uh, is a different way to to look at it and is helpful for you. Uh, if you haven't already, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd certainly appreciate it. Or we're on Spotify if you happen to be there. Hopefully I've earned a five-star review from you. If you have any questions for me or have any suggestions for topics or guests you want to see on the show, leave me a DM at Jake Krakowski, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. And until next week, go out and make it a great week because our success is inevitable. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you stay up to date with future episodes. Connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn at Jake Krakowski. And for show notes and much more, visit profitexturebydesign.com slash podcast.